Hey, how is everybody? This is Josh Kaju. I am a mental performance coach with the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Was previously with the New York Mets organization. Excited to be on this podcast with you guys today and share some knowledge and really pumped to hopefully help some people out. So I think, Josh, a great place to start is what is a mental performance coach? What I do is I help people make elite decisions through the teachings of mental skills. So what are mental skills? Mental skills are routines or self-talk or visualization. Journaling is another mental skill that I'll talk about, like just a habit for guys to get into. And it's just a, a number of different things and avenues that we can kind of go towards. It seems like you outlined four kind of key sectors that you use in helping people improve their mental performance. And the first one you went to was routines. Mm-hmm. So what role does routines play in mental performance? I break up the routine into three different parts. Okay. So it's pre-performance routine, it's during performance routine, and there's a post-performance routine. So what is a pre-performance routine? Well, let's pretend that we have a game at seven o'clock. To me, the pre-performance routine is from the moment you wake up till seven o'clock, what are you doing to get your mind and body prepared to play that night? So that could be how much sleep are you getting? What are you eating? Um, Are you getting in the training room, doing the things you need to do there? You get in the weight room. Are you getting in the, the cages, doing your work? Are you studying that night's pitcher? Are you developing a game plan? pitchers what are you guys doing are you taking care of your arms doing all that type of stuff so that's all part of that pre-performance routine portion during performance routine that to me is what am i doing pitch to pitch how am i either flushing the previous pitch or getting ready for the next one so a lot of times we talk about not getting hung up on the pitches that already happened or not worrying about pitches that are going to be happening in the future so being able to be in that present moment what are some things that we can do there well breathe. Um, That's a really important thing that I'll talk about a lot with guys. It's just breathing, understanding where your breath is. During performance routine also consists of how you're talking to yourself. You're the most important person that you talk to every day. So how are you talking to yourself in a game? And recognizing that when you are having negative self-talk or not having productive or helpful things that you're saying in your head, what do I do to kind of lock back in? So that's all part of that during performance routine. The inner game routine of flushing things, breathing, Mm self-talk. If somebody gets off route, off path, after a pitch or after a swing, what are some of those snap back to focus exercises that you teach people? Yeah, so that's a great question. And it's hard because I can't go out there and tell the guy to do it in the moment, right? Like I can't just call time run out to the pitcher's mound or center field or wherever the guy's at and be like, hey, do this right now. What I'll teach guys is, okay, when you notice your mind going a million miles an hour or when you notice that you're not in that present moment, take a step back. So let's say you're on the pitcher's mound and this stuff's going crazy. You're like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have threw that pitch. I just gave up a three-run homer or I can't find the strike zone. I shouldn't be here. I want a guy to be able to, first off, have the awareness to recognize these thoughts that are going on because a lot of times it'll just snowball, right? And next thing you know, you're three batters in or you're out of the game. You're like, what just happened? So I want guys to have that awareness first of what am I saying to myself? Once you can do that, this is where the mental skills teaching part comes in of just, okay, step off, take a deep breath, which we practice breathing. We, We do breathing techniques. I'll have guys do stuff at home. We'll also do that type of stuff when we're at the field. 
so they're used to it. So step off, take a deep breath. And then a lot of times I'll have them work through what's something positive and task oriented that you want to say to yourself before you get back on the mound or before you get back in the box. So sometimes for a pitcher, it might be, all right, fastball low and away, or it's, all right, stay committed to this pitch or everybody has their own thing. We have to be able to talk through that. So that's part of that mental performance coaching piece where we're conversing. I'm learning what works for this guy because I don't want to tell him or I don't want him to be telling himself things that aren't going to click in the heat of battle, right? So it's always finding what works for each guy. There's a movie, I think, that captured this pretty well or attempted to called For the Love of the Game. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner. Yep. And my favorite part of the movie is it takes us inside his head, that self-talk. He's talking to himself Mm -hmm. the whole game. Do you think that was a pretty accurate depiction? Yep. Perfect. So I actually use that clip when I talk about that stuff. So yeah, I think it is accurate. Chris, can you speak to the self-talk? Oh yeah. The self-talk starts before you even step in the on deck circle. You're watching everything that he's doing. You're visualizing your success. Then you get into your pre at bat routine. Like he's talking about, you step into the, the batter's box, get nice and loose. You're getting your timing down. And then for me, we use trigger words. Yeah, yep. mine was let it fly. So that always tied me right back in to basically focus up on everything that's going on, drown out the noise. It's me clearing my mechanism and just letting my hands do the work and let it fly. So that's always what I would do when I was getting ready to hit. Have either of you guys, Josh or Chris, been able to take these self-talk or flushing tactics or routines and apply it to outside of the sports stuff? Yeah, definitely. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, like we would always talk about flush it. It doesn't matter if it was a good outcome or a bad outcome. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. So you flush it. That's just like with business. If you make a bad decision, flush it. Yeah, same. What I like to do when we get into the corporate spaces and things like that are maybe you're not able to do a physical cue, like step off the mound or rub dirt on it or take your batting gloves off. But I want people to tie in a habit that they can do that is going to signify me flushing it. Like find something, maybe it's reorganize your desk or write something down or take a deep breath. And I think that really helps people be able to just flush it and and move forward. Do you have one that you turn to off the field? I mean, you're more of an executive than an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you advise athletes from an executive role. What is your you know, tactic or cue that you use to flush things? Yeah, mine is, so I'll just, I'll notice it. I'm aware of what just happened. And I take that deep breath, inhale in through my nose and exhale through my mouth. Just like I practice it when I'm meditating or going through any sort of breathing exercises. And then I tell myself, lock it in. That's it. Just lock it in. And usually that's my signifier of, okay, it happened. Let's go. Lock it back in. Get back to doing what you need to do. Fantastic. Okay, so I know you said that routines is a big one. And you talked about before the game, during the game, after the game. What do some of those post-game routines look like? It's really just one thing for that post-game, and it's reflecting. I tie in that journaling piece here. Because what I see a lot of times is, not just in athletes, but from a business perspective, is you take home your performance, right? When your day is done at work, I want you to take some time in that moment to reflect on it and ask yourself three questions. What went well, what didn't, and what do I want to do for tomorrow? And then write this stuff down. Uh, Write it down. Get it out of your head. 
Because what ends up happening is you get home and you haven't written it down. Next thing you know, you're just, your mind's going a million miles an hour. You're percolating over the stuff that you've been thinking about all day. You didn't take any time to reflect on it. Next thing you know, like it's, it's affecting other parts of your life. It's affecting your sleep. It's affecting how much you're able to eat. Those types of things. I really want people to get off the phone because that's what happens a lot of times after games is they get in, they, they get on their phone, they're on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be, and they don't digest or learn from that day's performance. Well, isn't that what we're trying to do? We're trying to constantly get better and learn and grow. If we don't take that time, it, it can be five minutes and just jot down what went well, what didn't, what do I want to do for tomorrow? Then we're not helping ourselves out. So you reflect on the day, and you also give yourself a plan or a goal for tomorrow because how often do you get to the next day and you're like, oh, what am I going to do today? Like, I have no idea. Let me just figure it out. And you waste a couple hours. Uh, set it up the night before. Plan ahead. There's no reason you can't do something like that. So you're advocating that people need to unpack their performance or their day after their game or their day. Yeah, 100%. You've had a lot of good ball players come through your different organizations with the Mets and now with the Rays. Is there a trend you're noticing in some of the higher level guys that they do to unpack stuff? Yeah, they just take the time to do it. I don't think that there's one specific thing. You know, it, some guys, they have a journal, so like they physically write it down. Some guys take notes in their phone. They have the notes app. Some guys, I have conversations after games every day. Like we just talk it through. So like those are all different types of ways, but it's just taking that time, like building that into your schedule, because I think it's just a really important piece. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start writing down uh, what went well, what didn't, and what I want to accomplish for tomorrow every single day for business. I wish I would have done it when I was playing, because I feel like that would have helped me almost disconnect from the day before and help me focus on tomorrow. So I'm going to start doing that for business every single day, Josh. And then when you come back on, I'm going to talk about it and share how it's helped. I love it. I was going to go somewhere similar, Chris. So the brain organically does this. When we sleep is when your brain stores memories. But it's an unofficial process, right? Whether you get good sleep or bad sleep could dictate how many of the memories you stored for that day anyway. But what you're saying, Josh, is if you make it more of a formal process, and, and I hear your inflection when you talk about journaling, it sounds like it's amongst your favorites. <laughs> when you make it more formal, the memories and the reflections it sounds like they become more real. Yes. Even the weakest pen is stronger than the strongest memory, which is why I want guys to write things down because we can always come back to it. We can always go back and, and look at that notebook. How did I do this day when I faced this pitcher? Like what went well? Oh, let me just go back a couple months and I can see that as opposed to thinking, oh, I'm just going to remember this when I see him. You don't. And, and part of why I want guys to journal too is I don't know how often you guys experience this, but you know, you have a big game or you didn't perform well or, or whatever it might be and you get home and then you can't sleep that night because you just keep playing it over and over and over in your head. Well, this is one way to kind of just get out of your head. Just get these thoughts on the paper and it helps you relax a little bit more in the grand scheme of things. It sounds like you're not saying any one of these three times is more important than the other as far as the pregame, the intragame or the postgame. But one of them is uniquely different. One is 100% time restricted. You can have as much time leading up to the game. Technically, if it's a three-hour game, you have 21 hours every time. Mm -hmm. And post-game is the same amount of time until your next game. But that intra-game, you're time restricted. Is there different drills and exercises that you can do with somebody to get them sharper 
at mental resets and mental focus uh, inside of the games? Yeah, I think it's just simple repetitions, um, practicing this stuff like during practice. So for example, if we're working on stepping out and taking a deep breath and saying, using positive self-talk before we get into the box, let's practice this during BP. Like we're doing that every day. Obviously it's gonna take a little bit longer, but there are some days that we can build this in or maybe when it's in early work or when they're in cages, just step out, take a deep breath, refocus. Pitchers, same thing. When you're throwing your sides or bullpens, step out between every pitch, do the same thing you would do in a game. Have you seen ball players take their performance to a whole new level when they start to adopt some of these mental skills? I do see more focus. I do see more confidence in their body language, how they handle themselves, you know, how they come to the field. They just, they're more prepared. They have an understanding of who they are as an individual. Are you familiar with the pregame rituals that Aaron Rodgers has by chance? Um, no. So quarterback's unique position of football. Uh, yep. It's not as physical as most other positions, but it's a pattern recognition game. You, when you drop back, you need to be recognizing patterns so that you can mm -hmm. identify where the soft spot is in the coverage because that's where you're going to go with the ball. And so what he does to warm up that portion of his brain, he does crossword puzzles in the locker rooms. Mm. What's funny is the stereotype of a football player before a football game is jumping around, getting hype. <laughs> but here's the guy who's the best. You know, he's at the top of his game, likely to win the MVP this year, sitting there doing a crossword puzzle in the locker room. And some people, pun intended, would say that's puzzling. Hmm. But to me, it makes the most sense because that's the part of his brain he needs to access, right? Yep. No, I love that. Are there any of these type of routines that are distinct like that from ball players you've noticed? Yeah, I've used the concentration grids before. Yeah. So a concentration grid is essentially we have the numbers 0 through 100, and it's – on a 10 by 10 square, each number has its own square. So I go and, and it's in a random order. What I'll have guys do is I'll put them on a timer and it'll be like, okay, you have 60 seconds. Start with the number one and just count up. So then you find number one, circle it, find number two, circle it, find number three, circle it, and you just go. And I want to see how many numbers a guy is able to get to. And I'll have competitions and stuff with this too. Like how well are you able to lock in? How well are you able to focus? And what's fun is when you get a, a group of guys together and say, we'll get the whole team. And it's like, okay, player X versus player Y. Let's go. And, and we'll see, oh, you got 10. All right, you got to beat this guy. And they'll be chirping at each other. So it's like, how well are you able to clear the mechanism? How well are you able to block out the noise and just focus on a simple drill of finding numbers. And then if they get really good at that, I'll switch it up and be like, okay, work backwards, 100 down, come by twos, come by fives. It's a really good quick drill to get guys to focus amongst the noise. That concentration grid is something that anybody listening right now can Google it, print yep. it out. And it's probably an app on our phones at this point that we could do it with. Actually, there is. I'll tell it to you right now. I'm find it. Number jumble. Number jumble. That's it. There you go, listeners. Go ahead and download Number Jumble and then compete with some of your buddies. Have two people yep. do it at once. I think we're so used to competing physically, especially athletes. We fall into this alpha thing where we think everything's about physicality. But I think it's really cool about your position and similar is that you guys are pointing out how important it is to be a mental performer before you're a physical performer. It's not just athletes that get in the slumps. It's every person. And you know, the pandemic threw a lot of people off of their routines. There's a lot of people that are looking to break out of a slump. What are some of the first steps you do to break someone's slump when they come to you? Okay, so first thing is simplify. 
I think what happens a lot of times is we get really cluttered in our minds of, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And then when I do all of this stuff, I've got to do all these other things. And it's like, okay, let's, let's simplify it. Let's make this easier. What are one or two things that I can really hone in on? What are one or two things I really want to focus on? That's where I would start there. And I think it ties into that simplified piece. What can I also eliminate? What are some things that, that are just, I, I'm, I'm wasting too much time on? What are things that I'm just uh, spinning my wheels with? Like, what am I not getting better at? Like, we can get rid of things. Like, sometimes I, I feel like we get in that, like, hoarder mentality of, oh, I, I just got to keep adding more and just keep adding more. Well, take some time to think about what can I put in the trash? What can I get rid of? Spend some time doing that. And I think third, it would be just anytime we're doing a new habit or trying to implement a new habit, tying it into something that you already do. So for example, I was working with somebody before about implementing more gratitude into their life. And it was like, Josh, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do this. And I said, what's something you do every day? And they told me, well, I brush my teeth twice a day. I go, perfect. Every time you brush your teeth, either before, after, or during, find what works. Just think of something that you're grateful for. Like you're already doing the habit. Let's just tie something else into it. And the guy was like, oh man, this is perfect. We checked back in about a month later and he's like, my mood, everything has changed. I've realized how grateful I am for my kids, my family, like all these types of things. And he's like, I'm not really spending any extra time on it. I'm still able to do the things I need to do. We just tied it into something he already was doing. So that, that'd be the third thing I would say when it comes to new habits or anything you want to change when we were in a slump or anybody that was in a slump the greatest thing that i was ever told was just to keep swinging keep swinging no matter what you do just keep swinging that's the only way that you're gonna make contact right is if you're constantly trying to put the bat on the ball you nothing happens if you don't take a swing how can somebody get over the fear of swinging and missing and just keep swinging i think it's really important to have a, a strong support system around you because if we're trying to just keep swinging on our own sometimes it's tough to do it's tough to go home and you know, you, you feel alone or you feel like, ah, yeah, I'm keep swinging, but like this just isn't working. That's where it's so helpful to have that support system to, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're struggling, but like you'll get through it. Keep swinging, keep doing your thing because yeah, it can get really lonely at times. And I've seen it with not only baseball players, but just in, in the corporate world. And we all go through slumps. We all go through down times. How are we getting out of it? Josh, what's really cool is there's common things we're starting to hear in our different episodes. We had Randy Couture on the other day, all-time badass, and mm -hmm. he said one of the first things you need to do if you want to be a badass is build a badass team. So I think that's really cool. And listeners, pay attention to what Josh just said. If you need to break a slump, three steps. Simplify. Step two, eliminate things. And step three, incorporate something into a routine that you probably already have anyway. So simplify, eliminate, incorporate. Uh, I think those are powerful action steps. What we try to do, Josh, is take some of the insights of our guests and put them into action steps for our listeners. Uh, they're not going to remember everything we talk about on this pod. But if there's a soundbite or a series of steps that they take from this, then we brought value to them. And that's our goal is to bring value to listeners so they can, you know, live their best life. I love that. No, that's awesome, man. So where could people find more information and insight from you? You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, I'm at, at Josh underscore Kuzu, K-O-Z-U-C-H. LinkedIn, just Josh Kuzu, you'll find me on there. 
And then uh, YouTube, I have a channel, Mental Performance Coaching with Josh Kaju. Josh, super uh, insightful pod. It was really good getting to know what you do and bring to the table. Thank you guys. Definitely happy to be here. Hopefully it helps a lot of people out. And if anybody ever has any questions, please feel free to reach out. 